another episode of the bunkhouse i'm your host john i'm an active duty marine so any opinion expressed on this show is of mine and not of military regulation or policy today's host comes from uh with a different background and then also what he does currently in it and cybersecurity is a little different role than anybody that's been on the show so far he's in more of a kind of a middleman type of sales role so i hope you guys enjoy and on to the show All right, now that the formalities and introductions are over with, um, welcome to another episode of The Bunkhouse. I have my next guest, Danny. Uh, we met, a little, what, maybe not quite a year ago now, probably. He came out uh, and kind of supported one of our exercises that we had going on with one of our cyber teams. And I'll let him kind of introduce the rest of himself and kind of tell everybody about himself. Uh, Danny, if you would, just go ahead and tell everybody where you're from and um, kind of wh- where, what you've been doing. Thanks, John. Hey, everybody. Uh, name's Danny Ruck. I uh, was actually a former uh, Marine Infantry uh, veteran before I was medically retired. I was in from 2007, 2012. I was at 0351, so an infantry assault and I was actually stationed over there at Camp Lejeune with uh, 3rd Battalion 8th Marines. Got to deploy to Afghanistan back in 2008 from 2009. Kind of the first, we were the first push in there before they did the big uh, troop surge in 2009 that replaced us. Um, so we got to do a lot of reconnaissance and uh, stuff over there. Uh, got injured on January 22nd, 2009, by an IED over there. Uh, we were doing a uh, OP in an area and coming back from it, they actually uh, had the IED designed for someone coming in the opposite direction. So we got fortunate mental injuries and damage that could have happened, and. Uh, didn't know the extent of my injuries, so I stayed in country, got treated for my stuff for two and a half months, finished up my deployment, came back uh, to Lejeune. Of course, I was supposed to be a fire team leader, and of course, you know, going up, that's an important thing for infantry. That's, you know, what you want to be is be in those leadership positions, and so I had to go to my advanced school, uh, which was debt round demolitions, and so I asked them to hold off my medical uh, examination when I came back, and of course, probably wasn't the best for me, but that's actually what noticed uh, when I started having those issues with like back knees more than the typical, you know, from carrying all the weight and stuff. So, yeah, but then I also started noticing cognitive issues, you know, remembering things, but luckily I had uh, one of my guys there with me too, uh, who's going through the course as well. And he helped uh, get me through everything. And then I get, went, came back and we we're ready to do our new. And I was out in the field when I got a call from uh, the hospital said, hey, you're not going to be able to, uh, or you need to get put onto light duty. We uh, found some scarring on your brain. I was like, okay, I don't know what that really means, but sure. Uh, got put on light duty, came in, they went over everything, said we'll have to do some follow-ups for a few months uh, just to make sure it's not growing or anything. And it kind of just maintains as it is. Uh, and basically, they determined that that's ultimately the biggest factor. I wouldn't be able to return to infantry. So my unit transferred me over to Wood War Battalion just as it was kind of getting started. Uh, that was a transition of itself because they had patients that were being put in these leadership positions there and they were also having a lot of their own stuff to do but at the same time uh, they finally towards the end got brought back some i guess reserve unit people i guess activated them made them staff command stuff like that there got nice and organized but they gave me the option to stay in and do admin or take retirement and of course i didn't sign up to do uh admin stuff so i was like i'll take the retirement and just expedite my my plans of uh, putting in 20 for the Marine Corps. So did that. They told me one of the things I was going to do after law, it was going to be law enforcement. Had doctors even tell me, hey, you know, it's uh, probably not going to happen for you. So that was a tough pill to swallow myself even for that. Um, did three years of therapies and rehabs. And my wife finally told me, said, you know, your GI Bill is covering it anyways. Why don't you just go off for the police academy? I said, okay. So went out for the police academy. You know, I knew the hardest part for me was going to be the physical portion with the because uh, up in Ohio here they uh, do the mile and a half run and everything still. So I've never been a runner, but the uh, <laughs> of course not doing the your daily PT like the 
Rangers do, you know, a mile and a half, three miles, you know, wasn't as easy as it was, but yeah, ended up passing everything and uh, did law enforcement for uh, six years before I ended up getting out. Uh, body started catching up to me um, and I was very active and proactive. So kind of came to the point that I was like, you know, I never really thought about what I really would have done or wanted to do outside of law enforcement because growing up, that's all it was, was Marine Corps and law enforcement. Um, so luckily my brother was working for a company up here in, uh, called Cincinnati Bell and uh, said that they were looking for some uh, field sales guys uh, in their fiber area. So worked up there for about a year and then I came, I had a buddy uh, who's one of the vice presidents for our business development for the company I'm at now. Um, John Gelsinger, and I met him at a Wounded Warrior Battalion for Military Warrior Support Foundation, who me and him now known each other about 10 so years, and he was coming to Cincinnati. He said, hey, you know, we're looking at building our DoD team, and told me about his company, and I was like, I was like, you know, I love technology. I love everything about it. I was like, well, downside is, you know, I've never done anything in regards to computers, networking, cybersecurity, any of that stuff. You know, I know what it is. I, I understand its purpose and everything, but, you know, I couldn't break it down the nitty gritty for everything for you. He said, that's fine. You just, you know, that's really all you need to be able to do. You can talk to people and communicate really well. So, you know, he's like, you'd be good. It's like, all right. So I got the position here uh, with government acquisitions and uh, I worked the uh, Marine Corps, Navy and DHA. And like you said, uh, Dave Wood and I, my senior accountant, uh, rep that helps me with the Marine Corps Navy. He's been an amazing mentor as well uh, when it comes to that. So, you know, Dave was a Marine Mustang and he had, like I tell everyone, I'm pretty sure he, I think he had more time than I've been alive so far in the IT <laughs> field. So, you know, he's been an amazing mentor when it comes to just knowing when I have not understanding certain things and he can kind of help me give a general idea. And even Dave will say, hey, he doesn't know everything, but, you know, we've got the smart engineers from the company and you know, that, that's what I feel like has really helped aside from my urge to always want to help the individuals and look, look, I might not know everything techie for you, but you tell me what your problem is. I can, you know, find the resources for you to, you know, get you taken care of. And our company, I will say, has a really good support system between engineers and stuff like that and people that understand. And that's really, I think, what's really helped me benefit and be very successful here with this company in my areas. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would definitely uh, say Dave has been a mentor to me too, as well, since meeting him. I met him through um, a webinar uh, that I'd signed up for last spring. And we were talking, I was asking some questions and stuff. And then he happened to jump in a little chat there and we kind of started chatting offline and kind of started talking and, and ended up being having a phone call and stuff. And no, absolutely. I agree. Dave is He's a good, he's a good person to have in your back pocket and maybe have a network with. Um, he's been, he's been great for me as well. And I can only imagine working directly with him, how that could be. And I think it's great too. Like you coming from being an infantry, like being an O three fifty one, not nothing, literally not knowing anything about it or anything. And then kind of coming to in more of a sales role or really not even a sales role. Like you're more of like a solutions architect kind of, not necessarily the architect themselves, but you're kind of the middleman, right? Yeah. You kind of, you, you help problem frame and then you find the people that can have solutions for said problems, right? That's kind of really what you do in a nutshell. Yeah. And I like the fact that like, you know, cause I know one thing I've learned about this industry, a lot of these comp, you know, partners and stuff like that, they'll, they get entrenched with specific OEMs and stuff like that. And I, and I get it, you know, we, we, we have a really amazing relationship with Dell. So there is, you know, an emphasis on Delphra, but, you know, we also have a very large partnership with other OEMs, which allows us to, you know, because I've never been one to, even when I worked at Cincinnati Bell, what made it easy to sell their stuff, because the, I mean, the competition up around here in Ohio was Cincinnati Bell has their Phi Optics, and then you have Spectrum, and then you have, you know, your cellular people, which we did have a lot, but people just basically run off cellular. So your real competition was pretty much essentially Spectrum, DirecTV for some, for TV portions and stuff. But And it's it's hard to try to pitch someone, hey, look, you know, this product is better because you're just one product. But, you know, for me, trying to, you know, one of the reasons I was eager to go ahead and hop out of Cybell was you get tired of trying to explain to people, like, look, I get, you know, I get I'm in a sales position as well here, 
but at the same time, I, I always, and my people loved me. Anytime I dealt with them, they would always call my supervisor. My supervisor would be like, man, we've, we've had people call in about this and that, or, you know, we end up, if we, they do just random follow up with customers that we've started. And, you know, one of the things is I would sit and spend the time with a customer explaining things for an hour or two just to get them signed up versus, you know, not thinking they're going to sign up and then just, you know, give them the nitty gritty and leave, Um, you know, taking the time. I understood fiber, how it works somewhat, you know, but the benefits and the the basic stuff that simple people will need to understand for how it applies to them. And the business business side of it, right? Right. And I, I always try to educate them like, look, I get it. You've had either bad experience with since I built back in the past, maybe because their old system was not great. You know, you've dealt with Spectrum who's got their, you know, typical, they don't care. They're massive, whether, yep. you know, how they treat you necessarily, mm-hmm. but you know, look, you know, it, this is fiber. This is the benefits of it. You know, I've had fiber at my house for years. I was a, a fan of fiber before I started there and I was a, I'm a fan even after I left there. Um, but I think that was one of the things that made me more unique with, you know, because we had some older guys there that, you know, made great money too. But, you know, if I ever had to work in an area that they were in back when maybe fiber first came out or something and they're having us go back through. And I tell you what, it was, it was its own challenge because they got the typical salesman treatment from the people. And for me, that just was never my thing, but here uh, at government acquisitions, it's, it's easier because again, like, we don't have to get stuck. So if you say, Hey, I'm having this issue, you know, my thing is, Hey, okay, well, what are you guys currently using right now? You know, what are your, what are your complaints, your pain points with this? What would you love to see? You know, and we, with the great relationships, you know, we've been able to even get good pricing, even get some, you know, extended assistance. Like we had, uh, I, Dave and I love working with the Marine Corps people side of more than anything. Um, so when we get the chance to work in Marine Corps, we love it. And the Marine Corps is starting to push a lot of, starting to work into a little bit of RPA side now. And one of the areas we're working down is uh, Albany, uh, Georgia. And, you know, they needed, they had a huge audit, audit coming up. And, you know, their pop date didn't start until, I think, like another three weeks for their RPA guys. And they're like, can you explain, anyway. explain what the RPA means? Uh, so basically, uh, robotic automation. Uh, so basically, it takes away all the painstaking okay. processes. So when, you hate having to copy paste information maybe from one thing to another, anything that's just a that mundane thing. Like you can get set. I mean, I feel RPA is almost endless up for the options that you can do. Like if it's something that you hate having to do constantly back and forth, or it's like a big project, even like mitigate or migrating like information from one area to another, you know, and obviously I think one of the biggest things, the thing that we got started on with you was sticks. Oh yeah. Like, Absolutely. I had no idea what a stig was. You know, <laughs> we had we had Steel Cloud come and give their presentation to us. We got matter of fact, that's that's where I met Dave was in a webinar with him. Yeah, I think it was it was either that. What did you do the cyber regular cybersecurity one first, or was it the Steel Cloud one? It was the Steel Cloud one. Okay, so I mean, because we had a big push when we started partnership, yeah. and again. I didn't have any experience behind it. So I'm like, you know, what is this stick thing? You know, can't be that bad. <laughs> and so Steel Cloud was pretty cool. They had a, a little book they kind of made, a stick for dummies, essentially. And so I read that, like 30-something pages. And I was like, man, I feel so bad for whoever has this job. I was like, this is, I hope to God they're making like six figures. I was like, this just doesn't mean it's unfair. <clears throat> so when I when I read about it, I was like, I was like, why is this? Like if someone pitched this to me and this is my job or I oversaw this, it would be a no brainer. I mean, it just, the, the ease of it just is, in my opinion, it's amazing. So, you know, stuff like that, like that painful process would be miserable because you think you fix something then you run that and then you end up finding you broke something and then you're like, Oh, you got to go back. And then I, I don't know the ins and outs of all that even, but (laughs) it's, you know, the, painstaking stuff like that so obviously albany is a huge logistics base uh, for the marine corps and they had a huge audit audit coming up and uh, scott prouse over there had reached out and he's like hey is there anything you can do about getting these licenses to us and of course you know marine corps is how it was when i was infantry you know we we get you know limited funds we, we get yeah. the, the hand-me-downs from the army um, I always joked around that I had to musket for uh, for my <laughs> rifle when I was in Afghanistan, and 
you know, I said, well, let me, let me reach out to uh, UiPath, you know, because we got a great, you know, partnership with them. Amy over there helps us out tremendously. And we actually got their partner of the year last year. So I reached out to her and sure enough, they were able to help book him up with, you know, trial licenses to cover until their pop date because they knew they had a huge uh, audit coming. And because of that, that established an amazing relationship for us and them. So we're working with them to uh, help kind of put on um, an art, some RPA stuff for them as well for workshops. Which is another thing I think is, is nice with that the company does too is these these workshops uh, from the CTO that we have Prem Dwani. He's got an amazing. I mean, the guy's beyond brilliant, and I can't remember if you've had. I can't, he did no. You have you met him yet? I have not had a chance to meet him yet. Okay, well, I thought you just hop in on the mm-hmm. RPA workshop sometime. And, but I mean, the guy covers every aspect for us and is absolutely amazing. And he, you know, helped explain everything with everything that for that, and it's. They are going to do, you know, we're hopefully should be having a meeting with them short soon within a couple of weeks, but, you know, to help shape and architect what they want to do with RPA, because you can only imagine the logistics that they have to deal with over there oh, on that yeah. base. Yeah, I can only imagine. I've, I've been with a logistics unit before in my career and just having to track different movements, whether it be equipment, supplies, people, right? Whatever, wherever the case may be, just trying to track all of that and it's it can be a pain and i can only imagine it at kind of that type of installation and that's all they do is logistics and being that large and having to check even larger than what i dealt with being over in afghanistan right like in a a smaller area than what they have to deal with i couldn't imagine and and having something automated to be able to do something like do some of that stuff like especially if i'm having to do inputs and outputs of the same information but in like five different things Yep. If I can do it one time and then it does it into those other five things for me, like that would be phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. It's for me, it was a no brainer. So it's in one of the areas who I've been trying to work with is working with the DHA. Cause then, you know, again, you figure how much time do they spend on the different things that they have to do. And I'm sure their time management can be used a lot more efficiently on the patient that they're dealing with or oh, yeah. the mission or project, you know, specific that they're in. Versus having to do this mundane copy paste, copy paste, right? You know, simple stuff is you know scanning document in and not having to have someone take information from one thing to another. Yeah. Um, you know, so and there's just so much to do, and we've had some some headway with within the DHA because of what we do. Um, I have a print catalog that we are with Xerox on, and. The good thing with them is they are very forward thinking. So they're trying to modernize their solution when they're offering it to these uh, medical treatment facilities. Right. And so, you know, one of the great things we got, we, we uh, won an uh, opportunity with Walter Reed and we won one with Belvoir. Uh, but the solution they have that they build in there is just more futuristic and modern thinking for the medical facilities that it'll allow them to do stuff like that as well. So oh, cool. it's, it's trying to get people to, of course, you know, a, understand it, get the funds. I think funding is probably one of the biggest challenges because, yeah. you know, <clears throat> we've talked with your guys's when we did the presentation or had you do it yeah. down there, trying to like look at this product, but then it's like at the same time trying to find the funding for it. So yeah, it, I would definitely say the easy part is once you get it in front of somebody and getting a buy off on how, how valuable it can be, everybody wants to be on board until you start talking about the money side of it. And they're like, oh yeah, we might have to wait till like next fiscal year and all like all this other stuff. Yeah. Like, so that's one thing The the funding portion is, I think what holds a lot of stuff back a lot of times when it comes to just the military in general, especially as, as fast as it and cybersecurity changes. And I would definitely say like those types of solutions fall into the it realm Right. And or OT operational technology and, and you have information technology. Right. So, like, I definitely think those types of solutions and, and, and products fall within that realm. And and as fast as they change, it's it's hard to keep up when the funding side of things are as slow as they are sometimes, depending, yeah, depending that, on what it is. Right. A lot of times it depends on what it is. But yeah, and it's hard to kind of show that ROI for, you know. Yeah. for RPA because it's not always necessary money that you see right. savings. It's, it's the person's time. There are some, right. you know, money savings because of what you're having to maybe pay for, you know, additional people sometimes, right. or, you know, the, the time, but 
I mean, the time portion of it is the biggest portion and, you know, you're taking away now, you're not having to sit and spend X number of hours on this. Right. And now you're getting into do this. And, and I um, think that's where a lot of like the disconnect comes from too, when it comes to funding and stuff, they don't, they don't, like you said, they don't see the, the return on investment a lot of times because especially if it's Marines or sailors or soldiers or whoever, right. Whatever branch of the military is using this product. They, they don't technically see a return on investment because there's no extra spending or gain of finances, right? Like on their part, because I could work 36 hours straight or I could work three, eight hour days and still get paid the same amount. Yeah. Right. So, so there's no savings. Uh, there's no saving of pay or saving of money because I do it faster. You know what I mean? So like, I think that's the hardest part, especially when it comes to the military is being able to, to sell the, or sell, not necessarily sell, but really depict and show them the return on investment. Right. Um, in that kind of fashion or in a traditional sense of return on investment. Yeah. And I think, I think it's helpful when you have, you know, leadership and management that come up through the ranks that have had to do some of that painstaking thing. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, because then they they too are like, man, I wish I had this when I was, oh. you know, in your position and you, know, well, you yeah. have a little more motivation out of them to help, you know, work on getting that solution out there but yeah you know, that's like one of the things i told told you and dave with the the whole SoCloud product with those stigs and stuff i was like i've i've been the marine that's had to manually put or even just check controls not even configure the controls but check to make sure that it was configured right and then to go line by line on the stick and say yep this was done yep this was done nope we got to we're we're waving this thing because of whatever right like yep okay now this is done i've had to do that manually and it is a pain it is it is horrible and you can and you do it for one system at a time, but it's time consuming. It is like it takes almost depending on what the system is. It could literally almost take an entire day to do one system. Yep. But if you have like twenty or thirty of those systems to do, I I can't like I don't have a month to get that done. Right. I have to get the I have to get all that stuff done within a week. You know. So then I mean? you're over there spending more time after working yep. hours, taking yeah. away from your family life, your you know, yeah. your social life. Absolutely. Stuff that kind of helps keep you, you know, balanced from feeling like you're constantly working. You know, yeah. of course, you know, us being military and Marines, especially, you know, you're always, you're always driven to want to do your job. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm sure my job's actually a Monday through Friday, nine to five or well, eight thirty to <laughs> but, you know, but here, you know, when I'm remote, I work in some, and I got customers out in Hawaii and stuff. So they're six hours yeah. behind me, yeah. you know, well, do I not, do I not answer them or, you know, so because it's you know, not your you know, work schedule, right? Like, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, to, and that's one thing even my management noticed, you know, right away was, you know, my work ethic that, you know, I was always willing to help pick up stuff, help do this and that yeah. um, and work outside my hours even, and, you know, take care of the customer and make sure they're getting what they need. You know, we're helping, compact fleet right now with uh, some minimal stuff that they have going on out there but you know it's for me it's, it's it's about building that relationship because you know when you get that relationship you know like you know lejeune you know if we get a good relationship with lejeune even like second network battalion you know when we become there hey we need something we need a solution for this we need an idea for this you know when they decide they they want to do this and that and they want even you know whether it's something that's going to be actually funded or they just want to get an idea of it you know and right. get the information the, the the knowledge the price idea so when they do pitch it because you know like you said sometimes it's a year sometimes it's two years yeah. you know but w when there's something pops up in their head and they want to see what it would look like how they could do it i want them like hey let's go to danny 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 will help get us connected yeah. to who we need to do and that's kind of what this year for their cyber fury exercise dave and i of course you guys invited us back down and this year, they asked us to bring down some uh, OEMs that would be around cybersecurity. So we had a quick meeting. I think we're going to run them through Krem's uh, cybersecurity uh, workshop prior to okay. let them see. Because um, these workshops we do, like it sounds like it's the same, hey, cybersecurity, this and that. But, you know, if you took a, one of our workshops last year, it's not going to be the same, even if it's in that same topic. Because Krem is constantly updating these anytime the new information comes out. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the thing too, with hopefully what we were trying to look into is finding some of the funds. Cause like we said, funding is one of the biggest issues is, yeah. you know, can, can you tap into modernization mandate where some of that funding is, you say, Hey, we don't have funding, but we can tap into start it here. 
maybe. And that, I kind of feel feel like that's where the stakes tough. But you know, sitting down and getting the time to actually go through what qualifies or can they dip into this and that is uh, its own task. So you know, it's when you're tasked with covering those those areas plus your normal yeah. stuff, and it can be you know, it's hard to kind of carve out some time. And I've I've, I've got a busy family life, you know, with kids, the family. I'm on uh, my daughter's uh, soccer team's uh, board. I have my foundation that I help run too. And so, you know, it's, and then, you know, I still do try to do things myself. Uh, yeah. You know, I, get to, I try to do a, a hunt or two every year for different wounded warrior programs, which I actually get to do. So we have, I'll kind of briefly kind of talk. Um, so my foundation that I have is SITREP Foundation and it's there to support veterans and first responders. And, you know, one of the things it's, there's five of us on the board, four of us are combat veterans. So, you know, we understand everything. Three of us have been in law enforcement too. So we have that aspect of understanding and it's basically to help support them through anything they need. You know, right now, because we're new and small, it's partnering up with other organizations that are a little more established to get them a part of their program. Like if um, Wings Up Outdoors is another program <clears throat> organization that I've done some hunts with. And, you know, partnering with them and then having funds to cover a guy or a person that we send over with them, you know, and then the other thing that we have is some partnerships here in uh, the Cincinnati, Ohio area is to with a brewery and a helicopter company and, you know, a date night, you know, I know we struggled with uh, my wife and I struggle with uh, stuff and a lot of people that do that come back from uh, combat and stuff, you know, with PTSD. So, you know, it's it's its own struggle sometimes that communication that connection uh with yeah. your spouse and so one of the things is you know we wanted to be able to do too is like hey if they're having that type maybe we get them a, a night out a weekend out um you know help them get that op- option adaptive equipment stuff if they need stuff taken care of in the house taken installed and stuff like that so we're new we're young and you know it's one of the things we are hoping to get established but you know i get to we're going to be going down to uh, ns texas here about two weeks so it'll be the 23rd to the 27th i'll be down there um and we're partnered with helicopters for heroes and we're helping support them <clears throat> there's a couple four local marines or not marines uh, military members up here that are going to be going down and we're going to be supporting them so we're going to be helping out with the flight line like we have been organization of them keeping them uh together and making sure they're enjoying the event and i got to do that last year and it's an absolute amazing event but then I get to go to, I get to come home. I actually think I work only one day because we're off President's Day. And then I took off that Wednesday through Friday uh, for the thing I'm going to be doing. I'll be going back down to Texas uh, for Combat Marine Outdoors. And I get to do a, uh, I think it's an exotic hunt or a whitetail hunt down there. So oh, cool. I get to work, get to work one day and then fly right back out down to Texas. Nice. But um, I mean, stuff like that, you know, when it comes to PTSD, you know, I've been out. It's, I got injured back in 2009, but people don't realize, you know, those types of things, whether it's hunting or it's, you know, anything really helps kind of reset your mind sometimes because I, yeah. you know, I had some stuff going on with my family at the time when I've done a couple of those, it's kind of nice to just get your head out of what you've been dealing with every day. Yeah. You get in an area where you usually don't have cell service on top of that and you're around other, you know, <clears throat> other combat veterans. So yeah, it's a nice experience to just reset yourself. And I, I always try to do one every year or so it's fun you get some meat out of it but it's it's a nice experience you get to connect with people and it's yeah. also a resource that you get to say hey i just thought that would maybe be great for this too yeah um, so you help get other people out there as well not just uh yourself too well, that's, that's good that's awesome um i think it's important to keep that connection back into the community like that and not necessarily like local community i mean i mean like the military community and veterans there's I would definitely say there's there's a lot more out there who don't ask for help than there are the ones that do. And and I know that the ones that don't ask for it are, are most likely I would say 95 percent of the ones that don't ask for it are the ones that need it the most. But no, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at starting my own organization and I'll talk about that here in a, in a little bit, kind of closer to the end, but kind of around around the kind of the same thing helping support uh, mental health issues, not just with the veterans, but their family members as well. Uh, like I said, I'll talk a little bit about that more here in a little bit, but um, kind of where you are today, including getting involved with those types of organizations, what have you taken from your time in the Marine Corps that has helped you get through 
your your transition and how it like the the type of transition that you had, right? Because I'm not necessarily PTSD or, or or that type of combat related injury specifically to process out, but I'm also going through my own medical board, and I, I've mentioned this a couple of times on previous episodes, and I've talked to you about about my situation as well. And what did, what did you take from your time in the Marine Corps that helped you get through like that type of transition, and then kind of focusing on where you think you'd be successful, and then kind of getting you to where you are today and stuff like that. Like, what are, what are some of those things that you've taken that, that helped that out? I think one of the biggest things is, again, it's not always just a military thing, but, you know, because everyone, you know, you get a handful of people that have been in the military and, you know, they get, they make it through there, but they just don't have, they're not your typical person you would think of when you think of military. But, you know, for the Marine, the Marine Corps, I think for me is the work ethic, you know, the pride in what it is, you know, one thing that always kind of stood out to me in the, in the Marine Corps was like, you had, you had the least, but you were proud of it. Like, so, you know, you always worked hard to make sure, even though you didn't have the best of this and that you were proud of it, you took care of it. And then you were able to succeed with more, with less than others have. So for me, I've always got to try to carry that. I've always taken pride in, you know, even before the Marine Corps, I think that's why it was an easy fit for me was, you know, I took pride in everything I did. I worked for uh, a friend, throughout high school doing small uh, jobs around his construction site between cleaning up things, putting in things, installing things, digging trenches was a lot of it. And, you know, he, he told me, it was funny to give me an idea. He, you know, I was getting ready to go to uh, boot camp. And he's like, Hey, I got, I've got about uh, three months worth of work or something like that for me. And I was like, all right, great. You know, I got three months. I was working at Home Depot and I was kind of tired of doing all that. And, kind of wanted to relax where I had to go in the Marine Corps and it was going to be paying me I think a little bit more than what I was making making there so I was like yeah sure and ended up working for him and ended up finishing everything I needed to do within about a month and a half instead <laughs> I was like <laughs> oh well I'm out, out of work for another month and a half until I leave so you know that that type of work ethic I think is really what's helped me be successful you know working hard working through things doing things that people tell you you can't do or you know, at least attempting them um, and right. give, showing someone showing someone that you're trying, yeah. you know, and one of the things I did was, and one of the things I'll suggest too here in a bit is, you know, I used every dime of GI Bill possible. I have a master's degree and a, a bachelor's degree and an associates in different areas. And you know, for me, it was, A, you know, when, when I got medically retired, I was, you know, a little 22 year old Danny, you know, and still mindset of the infantry. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, my, my original plan was to, you know, do my four years active, go to reserves um, and do go to school while I was doing that, getting law enforcement um, and then transition over to being an officer. And so that way, you know, I'd put in my time as an officer, you know, of course that way if I get, want to get that nicer pay and hopefully help the retirement down the road. And, you know, one moment all of a sudden just changes everything for you to, well, now it's, you know, you're being told you're not going to get to do law enforcement. You're being told, Hey, you can stay in the infantry or you can stay in the military in the Marine Corps, but you're not going to be doing what you want to do, which, you know, if you're not doing what you want to do anyway, it's right enough of a struggle. Some moments you get to do the stupid stuff, but you know, for me, it's just like, you know, at 22 years old, you know, you don't have, you're making, you know, I was, E3 got promoted to E4 during my time at Wood Warrior Battalion. So making that big pay there. But, you know, you're like, you're, you're just not ready for it. You know, yeah. you get out in the real world, you know, your little E3, E4 pay is nothing. You know, it, it's yeah. not going to get you by, especially with a family. So, you know, they, you know, luckily, so starting school for me was, you know, a no brainer because I still wanted to try law enforcement. <clears throat> which I didn't, I, when I first got out, I, I just went in and started school for criminal justice. And because I did one of the things when I was at Wood Warrior Battalion, which is great that they push, of course, every, every MOS within, you know, your branch or you in the Marine Corps really is going to dictate one of the things I'll talk about later, which is taking advantage of your, your TA, like, you know, your tuition assistance. If you're not leveraging that when you can, you're, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You don't have, you can do, even if it's like one class for that semester, two classes. Yeah. 
Um, it's getting paid for. I think two or three is maybe the max you can get done on tuition assistance. But so I know the first one, the first time you use it, you can only take one class. But after that first class, as long as I think it's, if you, I don't remember what like the, the, the requirement is, but after that one, you can start taking like two a semester. Yeah. So I, you know, down there at Lejeune at the uh, area where they had all that, I did end up going to University of Phoenix and did their online uh, for my associates in criminal justice, which I actually graduated with it right as I was medically retired in uh, 2012. But, you know, to think about, you know, some people are lucky and could can do, you know, that tuition assistance all four years. And you can walk away with a bachelor's your entire time. Yeah. Depending on your thing. Of course, me, I didn't have that chance. You know, it was, you know, pretty much for us, it was, you know, we're working, you know, in the field, you don't know, you know, if we're doing our workups and stuff for a month, two months. So you don't have the consistency where, you know, you can always get and do that. So I didn't have that option until I got to go to war battalion when it became a focus on, you know, my appointments and, you know, bettering myself and, they're like they want you to either they want you to be doing like some type of schooling or something that's showing that you're using your time positive so that way you know which is good because you get a lot of people that are in a in a mindset when they go there too you know they handle more than just you know combat wounded and stuff like that you know a mindset is you know i watched you know guys that were there before i were uh from like the iraq war and stuff like that and they just, you know, there's, there's living each day. They're not really, you know, capitalizing on it. So those type of programs that they established there at Woodward time was, I think, really beneficial, but that's when I was able to start taking advantage of my TA. So I was like, okay, well, I can go for my bachelor's for my criminal justice. If I end up, you know, being able to work law enforcement, great. If not, then I guess I'll look at using the rest. So I started off um, using the, uh, because I had a couple of classes. So I ended up starting using a uh, voc rehab uh, first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So voc rehab, if I remember, yep. So if I yep. remember right, you have to have at least a 30% of disability rating to utilize your voc rehab. So now it's 20%. Okay. Um, and it's no longer called voc rehab. So I'm, yeah, I'm, changed I'm, the cur- name. I'm currently using that program right now to continue out my associates. Yep. Just because I can't use TA right now because I'm going through a med board and I could be out and the next month or so right, right? So there's no guarantee and they won't give you that right and so when my med board officially got accepted by the PEB back in july literally within the same week the va had already reached out to me and said hey according to our system um you qualify for this program and now it's called um veterans um rehabilitation and education yep that's what it's called um, now and in my opinion if if you absolutely don't have any idea unfortunately for me it would have been the ideal time to get into an IT background then, but um, <laughs> because what's nice about the, the voc rehab is what I'll call it just because that's what I know it as. Yeah. <laughs> so no, much easier to say too, but you know, the voc rehab was amazing because it established an account for you at the school that you were going to. So for me, it was University of Cincinnati, but I was at one of their satellite uh, things here in uh, Claremont County where I live. Um, so it was UC Claremont. Um, and they essentially, you know, of course we all know you get your stipend for books. However, this one is different. They have an account that you basically, you know, whatever you need, you're, you know, it's just charged to the account and it's taken care of. But the other cool part is, so for me, I was getting ready to go through the police academy. So they covered all my stuff I needed to purchase for the police academy. So that's what makes book rehab nice is because if you're going into IT and let's say you don't have a laptop, you don't have all the different things for this and that, you know, whatever that job might be, it's not, and it's not even a, a related to just a degree you can use it for your trade school last i knew too so if you're wanting to get into a trade thing um they'll help get your tools if you're doing something that's tool related and so it's nice because it helps take that that financial burden that you're like oh man i could be spending a thousand dollars to five thousand dollars depending on what you're doing and you know they will help us get that established because it's all about taking you and creating a background for you that you have no uh understanding about so for me that would have been an ideal time for me to do an it thing but, you know, of course, IT wasn't really in my mindset at the time. I, I did know that, you know, one of the key things in law enforcement, they always say is don't just get your degree in criminal justice, uh, you know, do this and that, which after I got my bachelor's um, is when I ended up doing, um, I still had uh, time on my uh, GI Bill and voc rehab that my, I was able to use it to finish off another degree, um, which was, 
uh, well, actually, it's like that. that was the first thing I started was a thing called a bad thing has been a while now because I've been I, <laughs> back, all this is back in like 2011, 2012. So I was trying to remember the, the specific name, but it's a, a administration oh, degree. Yeah. So that was actually the first start that I was using it because it covered all of like the basics or I started the basics for that. And so I was able to still leverage all the way through my bachelor's degree for criminal justice and get this bachelor's for business administration before. And I was like, all right, well, I still have my GI bill. I enjoy getting my monthly money from the, from the VA. More about this, I was like, you know, my wife was like, oh, you should just do your, uh, go ahead and just go for your master's. I was like, oh, it sounds like a lot of work. And I was like, eh, it's only two semesters or so worth. So I was like, okay. So I went ahead and did that. And it wasn't easy because at the same time I was in law enforcement with Clermont County Sheriff's Office. And I was in school for them for a drug recognition expert, which is an extensive month-long program uh, where you learn drug impairment basically for like OVIs, uh, OVI, DUI, different states call it the same thing though. And there's only, there was only at the time a handful of them in Ohio, um, I think maybe 30 to 50 or so. So and it's extensive because there's several parts that you can be failed out of this course. It's not like, you know, you attend it, you take some stuff and you get a certificate type thing. It's you will fail out three different times if you don't do this stuff correctly. And you're trying to learn a manual. That's at least what I felt like was like six or eight inches thick covering the different drug categories. So I had that going on all while I was trying to do my master's program, which requires you to maintain a 3.0 GPA. Um, You know, it's, all, so it was, I, I got by, I ended up graduating with a 3.3 for my master's and, you know, I still had, you know, some GI bill money and I came in, in the military at a weird time too, where I paid into my Montgomery GI bill. Yep. Same here. And I, but I also had to post my 11. So of course, me being <laughs> me, I was like, well, I want my $1,200 back. So <laughs> I was like, I'm going to burn out my GI bill and get my $1,200 back from them. And so that's when I was like, all right, well, I need to find an associate's program or a bachelor's program that I can start and get an associate's worst, worst case out of. And it's when I, I found this uh, IT one. It's very general. It just kind of just touches bases on like the business side of stuff, uh, just a general use of IT. Okay. Uh, it did not go into any depth whatsoever. It's again, really general. And, you know, so I ended up burning, you know, I was in school essentially, uh, you know, 11, 10 to 11 years yeah. um, by leveraging both voc rehab, TA, and, you know, my GI bill. And for me, that's, I think, one of the biggest things I could tell someone in the military is use it, you know, yeah. use, I mean, use your TA to get your general classes out of the way even for you. Um, yep, get all your gen ed stuff done while you're in. Yep. And just, just use it. Don't be afraid to, you know, go out and try, you know, well, be kind of worried because if you don't, pass it sometimes be able to want your money back but um <laughs> you know but don't be afraid to go out and try something you know and use and if you qualify for rehab use that to to really think about hey you know if you're faced with having to get out you know what, what is it you want to do and you know use that to really put yourself in that position to where you want to be because ideally like i said that would have been would have been the time for me to focus on an it background but you know at that time, I was I was doing well with the sheriff's office, and you know, body wasn't hurting and aching like it was. And so for me, that wasn't the you know mindset. My mindset was to you know climb up the ranks there, hopefully, and become a, a captain or so, or maybe run yeah. the sheriff down the road. But you know, body catches up to you, and like I said, I was, I was pretty active. I was good at getting uh, doing drug interdiction and getting into drugs and stuff like that, and getting them off the road, and you know, searching cars. You know, I've I've had a few times where I'd be searching a car and I had to stop and you know, just because the absolute pain in my back from yeah. being inside that car trying to search it. Crazy thing, I tend to have people run from me too and want to fight with me. So, you know, the body finally starts telling you and, you know, I'm going through the process now to, you know, get my, uh, look at getting my uh, VA rating in, uh, increased from, because I just, I've never done it because everyone knows it's a hassle to do with the VA. And, yeah. you know, I, one, of the, one of the people at the VA are doing my uh, neck, knees and back and head. And he was like, like you haven't came in, to, you know, it's been 12 years and you haven't come in. I was like, no, I was like, you know, I just figured I'd come in when, once the, you know, the pain started getting a little bit more unbearable or, you know, it started being more of an issue for me through the day and day. 
which is what I finally realized, you know, with my back and my little 22 year old me where, you know, yeah. they're saying, can you go any further? And you're like, oh yeah, I can go further. I'm still young. So you finish more further and you end up screwing yourself actually in the long run. Yeah. Um, Cause I think everyone I, I talked to is always like, how did you not have a hundred percent where you're out? You know, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I would definitely say like, and that's for, especially anybody like, Marines transitioning out or military members transitioning out or even veterans looking at trying to go back and, and kind of review and re kind of reattack their, their ratings and stuff. A lot of times as being in the military and specifically in the Marines and the time that, that me, especially me, like me and you, Danny, we're in, cause I came in in 2006, you know, I was in Iraq in 08 and then I went to Afghanistan in October of 09 to April of 2010. So like that time you just fought through the pain. Yep. You, you didn't go to medical because you had a stigma if you did, you know, as being the BAS bandit, right. Or something yep. like that. And more depending on it if you want to get in a leadership position. Right. And they would kind of look at you as, as being the one that doesn't want to do anything. You just want to slide by, you know, now you can't provide to the team. And so nobody in our generation went to medical for anything, even if it was an injury, right? Being hurt and being injured is two different things, yep. but being injured and just pushing through the pain, I think what's caused like, I know for a fact, that's what's gotten me to where I am today, like with my med board and stuff. And like why I have so many things wrong with me is because of the same thing, like you just push through it. And I think that happens a lot of times too. when when service members go in for their VA appointment, especially in, in the beginning is like, Hey, can you go any further? But you got to a point to where it hurt and you're like, they could, like, can you go any further? Well, yeah, I can because you're going to push through the pain, right? But the biggest thing is what they really want to see is they want you to go through those movements and stop where you first feel that first inkling of pain, right? Like that's that's really what they're looking at is because not how far can you go and withstand the pain. That Yeah, that all you're doing is really screwing yourself in the end because forcing yourself through the pain is going to get you less than what you deserve, right? Because if you go to where you first start feeling the pain, that's going to give you every bit of percentage for that specific thing that you deserve, right? You're, you're not going to go past that and like you, or you shouldn't go past where you first feel that pain. Yep. Just stop. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's where a lot of service members really get kind of screwed on those things is because again, they, they grew up with the mentality, of like just push through the pain until you can't stand it anymore. Right. And, and I think that's kind of the mentality that we that most of us go into when we go into like our VA appointments and stuff like that. And I try to tell people not to do that. Like when as soon as you feel that first bit of pain, stop, because that's where you deserve to be at. Right. Like yep. far as your ratings go. Yep. And like you said before earlier, you know, don't be afraid to reach out for that help and get that help either. Because exactly know, <clears throat> same thing, you know, I had, you know, the back is only one portion of it for me, you know, but the reason I, I've I've decided to go ahead and back, go back to the VA to have my rating reassessed is because, you know, my back is even more, it's more painful for me. You know, getting up every day is a process because of the pain. I could sleep in just slightly wrong at this point. And, you know, my neck can be absolutely stiff, which causes a migraine for me and can cause me to, you know, have to be out of work for a little bit. You know, my work's been great with understanding that you know, understanding that I have stuff that comes up, maybe not, not like everyone else, you know, and I think my work, you know, work ethic has helped me with that. They understand, hey, you know, he's still going to get this job done, take care of him. So if he needs an hour or two to, you know, stop this headache or, you know, relax or something like that, to keep going, he will. But, you know, the the back, you know, I, I stand too long, you know, because when I first got, was going getting assessed, you know, I had a chiropractor on, on Lejeune there, you know, say, well, did you play football in high school? Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's probably where the back's from or back pain's from. I was like, I was like, or it could be the fracture that happened from the blast and right. I got blown up. So on, on top know, of the hundred pound packs and hiking and rugby right. and all the other things, right? Like, so it's, you know, that the back pains become more painful, more, yeah. I have to deal with the aches and pains more. I've noticed some cognitive stuff starting to be more of an issue. Obviously with the IT, there's a bazillion different things to try to keep up on. So, you know, I have, I've actually helped uh, GAI with creating a lot of stuff for new people coming in because I created so many different things for me to, for, to remember things and try to right. reference um, because I, I won't always remember things. So 
I reference things. So I have documents and you know shortcuts and processes set up. Uh, awesome, for, dude. You know how things. And so I'll, when I was sharing those with my manager, she's like, "Oh, that's amazing." So she incorporated it as part of the when they hire people. Hey, this is documents you get, and it walks through. You know, when we got new people, um, you know, because like I said, we have a huge partner relationship and trying to know what every single partner does, and especially yeah. if you don't have an IT background, is basically near impossible so right. i had taken all the oems that we have on our capability sheet put them on a word document went through searched all of them <clears throat> put what they kind of cover what area so when you hear a general conversation with someone hey cybersecurity or rpa or you know this and that basically you could either like do a quick search or you're just taking notes and you can say okay let me get back to you and then you can go back okay hey this company covers this this and this right you know or these companies cover it so you know stuff like that and that's I've had to, like I said, I've had to notice that I've always had that reference or, you know, some type of shortcut thing available. If I lost my phone right now, I'd be just lost because everything is stored into that thing that keeps me organized, you know, yeah. calendars, alerts and stuff like that. So, you know, IT is, that's, you know, one of the things is everything in my house is almost pretty much monitored or, you know, is where I can control it through my phone just right. because, you know, who wants to get up anyways, have to deal with this and that when you can just do it on your phone. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the other things I kind of loved about getting into IT was just that type of stuff. Yeah. So that kind of brings us actually into the next thing. So I would definitely, like, before we kind of move on, I would definitely say the work 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 ethic piece, like you were mentioning before, I can 100% relate to that because I will be honest, my work ethic before the Marine Corps was garbage. I would work and because and i and it and i rodeoed mainly before i came into marine corps um i came i I joined when i was 21 and the jobs that i would hold was to get me enough money for the rodeos on the weekend right give me gas give me entry fees and that's really all i cared about so if it ever came to a point with a job where they needed me to work and interfere with a rodeo i wouldn't i would just not show up anymore right i wouldn't even i wouldn't like legitimately quit i wouldn't give them a two weeks notice I would just not, I would just stop showing up. Right. So like my work ethic was pretty garbage until I came into Marine Corps. I would definitely say the Marine Corps has given me my work ethic that I have today, which I think is a good thing. And that's what I think the military does for a lot of people and, and puts them back out into society. And that's the reason there's a lot of companies out there looking and begging for veterans and prior service members to, to, to apply just because of that work ethic that they've seen coming from, from service members when they hire them. So what has been your favorite, not necessarily subject or project or whatever, like what has been probably your favorite thing that you've done in, in your current position? Um, for me, like I said, I, for me, it's RPA. RPA, I feel like is, it's its own thing. And it's just amazing. Like I said, I love the, the good old saying, you know, work smarter, not harder. And that's, right. that's RPA. If you had to give something to RPA, that's RPA. For me, it's, it's amazing. Because like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of RPA. But you, you get an RPA engineer like one of ours and you say, hey, I hate doing this or I need to do this. Right. And there's usually an RPA solution for it. You know, and it's again, it's, it's you know, kind of almost like how I have so much different stuff connected. I have, you know, I buy, a, you know, the Samsung smart TVs because I can tie it into everything else. I can, you know, because, you know, the wife and kids always don't turn things off. So, you know, <laughs> the old dad and I can flip the switch. You don't have to worry about them. Where you just do it from your phone. You can hit the yep. button. You know, so it's those type of, you know, things like that. For me, I, I love RPA, you know, unfortunately, RPA doesn't really apply too much in the infantry side. So it wouldn't have helped me too much, but it's not going to dig things for me and <laughs> all that stuff. But, you know, you know, that's another thing, too, is when I was in, you know, your scope of infantry, your, your field of view is just is so limited. You don't think about a lot of this. You don't think about the IT side of it that was going on in the background. You know, the big IT thing for me when I was in was Blue Force Tracker. Oh, yeah. Um, and which was the big metal junky thing sitting on the passenger side of the Humvee or whatever. They took up all your space. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you're already sliding in there anyways. And, you know, it's you, one of the partners we have is Panasonic. And then you have like Panasonic and they're like, oh, check out this cell phone size, you know, thing that you can call an oh, airstrike yeah. now on. And you're like, yep. no more trying to get a, you know, eight grid on it right there. You're yeah. Using, protractors and this and that you know now they're like oh no you just go ahead and press or you get, you've got your gps location directly yeah. on you like it's just mind-blowing that technology yeah. difference from when i was in to now um well, dude, what like, rpa for me is probably my biggest thing yeah because like you, you you say about like the whole infantry thing you, you very like 
focused on a specific thing and IT is not really big. And I, I, I was with the infantry battalion in 2012. I was with first battalion, eighth Marines in 2012. And same thing, like, yeah, we had, like, I was their data chief, but still, but when it came to actual, like, boots on the ground, the ones that were doing the things, radio was their thing, right? Like, they, they could care less about if a laptop back at the FOB or at the, at the, at the patrol base actually worked at that, mo- at that moment in time, right? They could care less. They cannot that talk to somebody my on the radio, right? Like, that's what they cared about. God my radio's not working. I, I don't know what to do. So, <laughs> even, though I, even though I read right. how many different MCIs about this thing, I right. don't know what I'm doing here. But no, like that, it, but it's true though, when it, when it comes down to, to that type of business, IT is not a, I will say it's becoming more of a thing and I wouldn't even really consider it IT at that point. It would it'd be more OT, operation technology, right. operational technology. Different tools getting leveraged in and right. stuff like that. Right, but again, at the same token, at the end of the day, in the world that we live in today, it's, it's so much easier to disrupt those types of things. And when they go away, their fallback has to still be that radio, right? Yep. So they still depend. They don't necessarily truly depend on the IT to still do their job, right? So, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally understand that coming and being with the infantry time before they could care less. Now, when you get to your executive level, like bosses and stuff, those are the guys that care about the IT stuff, but those aren't the ones that are doing the things and kicking down doors, right? Okay. We've really talked about, we've already given a, a lot of kind of transition, kind of advice and stuff like that. And won't really beat a dead horse on that. I'll put a lot of that stuff in, in the show notes and everything for the listeners. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll kind of wrap it up with, are there any other topics that you would like to talk about? They don't have to be IT or cybersecurity related or anything like that. It could really be anything that you want to talk about. Oh, I'll, I'll actually touch base again really quick on my uh, foundation because, you know, like I said, we are new and I'll give you some of the uh, information too, if you can always share it on the podcast. Um, we're, I, you know, depending on when you get this published or not, if it's before we do our, our draw that we're looking at, but we're going to do other things throughout the year, but they can always help. You can just donate a couple bucks can help out, but I'll give you our information, but SITREP Foundation, we're on all the different found, uh, different things. And kind of, the, like I said, you know, kind of the way we came up with the name is obviously, you know, SITREP in the, in the military, you know, used a little bit in law enforcement, but more so in the military, you know, our big thing was always wanting to be able to check up on, on our friends. And like you said, sometimes we don't seek that help ourselves. So sometimes it'll come from our friends and family, uh, which is what we wanted to be there for is, you know, people saying, Hey, I know a person that could maybe this, and we, we reach right. out to them, which I've had, I've had, I've had that happen. I've had a friend um, I went to school with, I play call of duty with, and he was like, Hey man, he's like my uh, brother-in-law, you know, has been struggling really bad. Uh, he was a, he's a Marine veteran. He had, I forget what happened to him, but he ended up having some type of disease that ended up really changing his lifestyle. And so he's like, would you mind reaching out to my sister? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I reached out to her and, you know, talked to her and said, hey, you know, if you need anything, you know, just let us know. Even if it's to maybe get him out and come hang out at the uh, brewery where we go to. But, you know, stuff like that. And, right. you know, so I'll give you the things. But, it, you know, any, we have raffles going on right now to help uh, support the foundation, the support staff to going down to Texas and stuff. And, you know, so we've got AR-15 being raffled. We got two set different types of bourbon. We have one that's a, a limited one that's I think number 44 out of 144 um, that was donated by actually the guy I did the work for in high school. Uh, my our CMO actually worked lives behind him, and they got talking, and he ended up bringing up my name. And of course, again, my work ethic. <laughs> you know, yep. Chuck Chuck Ware yeah. ended up going on a, a talk about oh I love Danny. He's done this this and this and. He donated that bottle. It was like a $200 plus bottle. He donated nice. we have bourbon variety. We have a dinner and flight with the Brinks helicopters and dead low. We've got a painting from our CMO's mother. Who's a known artist, I'm not an art guy. So I wouldn't, wouldn't know, but um, it's a beautiful painting. If I had, if my basement was completed and I had it set up, I would, I would love to have that down in my basement. Um, and then shoot point blank range actually just donated the uh, rifle for us. Um, and then they also gave us a uh, range swag bag and a uh, year membership to donate. So awesome. we're drawing all that stuff. Um, should be drawing that stuff here Sunday, Monday is the plan. I think we're going to do the rifle live down in Texas 
So you still have, I believe you'll still have time for, for the rifle at least. Um, but again, you know, we're going to work on doing other raffles throughout the year. So, you know, like our page, follow us on uh, all the fun, different platforms. We even have a TikTok. you know, you know, haven't had anyone dance around, do anything crazy yet, but uh, <laughs> we're going to hopefully get some uh, TikToks from uh, the hunt down in Texas, get some of that stuff. But right now it's just kind of still photos that we post. Yeah. But, um, I'll just get that information, but you know, any donation, you know, if you're, you have a listener that makes a ton of money and they need a tax write off, you know, <laughs> hey, we're more than help to ha- help out that way too. But, yeah. um, you know, just anything helps, you know, you know, you want to donate. If you're one of the people that like to donate once a month, once a year to an organization, you know, we would love, um, the goal is to hopefully maybe expand more than just the, the Cincinnati area or the right. tri-state area, but, um, we'll get big enough to do that. But even, even then just, you know, just because we're here at Cincinnati doesn't mean if someone reaches out from another area, we're not going to help them or find someone in that area that can help them. So. No, that's good, man. Um, Yeah. I think that's awesome. I always commend veterans and service members that, that either partake or on take those types of responsibilities. I myself have started kind of doing the same thing. I've connected with, with some veterans and kind of got some ideas on, on how they handle with some stuff because I personally got some stuff going on. I mean, everybody does. It's, it's about taking it and, and accepting it and embracing it and then trying to turn it into a positive light. Right. And not, not letting it become a darkness, try to turn it around into a positive light. And that's, and that's kind of what I've tried to do a lot of. Um, I've started journaling and everything a lot more. And I just posted my, the first poem I wrote on Facebook um, just the other day. It was weird because I, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine um, about writing a song and stuff, and I was writing some stuff down to kind of give him some ideas, and that poem just kind of literally fell out of my head, and I and I had it wrote down in like 10, 15 minutes, and it was done. I'm also looking at once I retire, I'm going to be starting my own um, nonprofit as well, doing kind of the same thing, and not necessarily in the same fashion that you're doing it, but still it's it's tailored around or focused around mental health. Um, with veterans, well, not just the veterans themselves or service members, but also their family members, because um, you hit on it earlier, the spouses, they have just as much built up stuff than, than we do. Mm-hmm. And they go through a lot too, just in a different fashion that we do. Right. And when we come home from our deployments or wherever we've been, they completely have to bottle that up. And now they have to be wife again and mother right. completely again. Right. And Nobody talks about that. I know I didn't think about those types of things when I would come back from my deployments and when I, or when I would be gone for a while. It, I look back and I feel selfish about it now because I was more concerned about me and how I was trying to reintegrate yep. myself with the family and stuff and not, and I didn't really think about her and how she was holding things together while I was gone. And now she's also trying to integrate me back into the family at the same time, you know? And so that's one of the big things I also want to hit on with, with, with mine is, is promoting or, or bringing awareness to like the spouse side of things, even post their, their, their spouse's military service, because I would probably say the majority, if not 95, 90 to 95%, again, this is not statistically factual. This is just me guesstimating. I'd probably say 90 to 95% of marriages that, that do end while, like while service members are in is because of that exact reason because while they're gone that spouse just endures so much and struggles and stresses about everything and now they have to bottle it up and they they don't want to they don't talk about it because they're more worried about the family side of things and you coming home and stuff like that and so they don't feel as it being as important as your stuff and I have a feeling like that's what causes a lot of marriages in the military to just go south and completely break right so that's one of the big things i want to get into and with my organization is not just a veteran or service member but really promote it for and for the for the spouses as well right and their family members because again the kids as well they suffer just as much as we do as well so that's what i'm trying to do and i'm i'm trying to do it in, in a fashion of introducing the cowboy way of life to people you know, getting, getting at peace with nature, getting at peace with the animals that they, that they are around during these workshops and sessions, and then hopefully being able to come at peace with themselves, you know, 
Yep. And I think um, you and I have even talked about, you know, once that gets up and going, that'd be something that would be great to partner with and say, hey, absolutely. I have someone that I think would benefit from this. Here's the money to yep. cover their costs for doing down here. So it's not yeah, just a financial ab- burden on you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the big thing is like, there's definitely, there's, there's a lot of organizations, especially out West, a lot of ranches that do those things already. Right. And I, and I have a feeling that the service member or the veteran, they don't take advantage of those things just because they can't foot the cost to get there. Right. So if I can help out in any way to help kind of bridge that gap and, and help out with that type of stuff, that's, that's really what I'm looking after. And, and then being a part of that, because again, my, my background being a rodeo cowboy, like that's, uh, there's a lot of this, it's, it's really weird how peaceful that stuff can be. Right. Like, like, and you know, it's it's just like going out and going hunting by yourself, just sitting out in the middle of the woods, being quiet, even if you don't see anything that day, just being out there by yourselves in in the, in nature, there's something that is calming about it. Right. Um, Same thing with being around like the Western lifestyle or even just being at a rodeo is, I don't know, there's just something calming about it. And I want to, I'm going to share that with people, you know? Yeah, man. uh, Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that was about it. I got the daughter's basketball here in a little bit. That'll be my, my weekend filled with uh, basketball. And then we've got uh, going to be down at the brewery today for a little bit, selling some raffle tickets. And then tomorrow, nice. be down there early, selling raffle tickets. And then, uh, of course, the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. So, you know. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Right. Hey, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I'm also not a Rams fan. Hey, I'm pulling for the Bengals, man. That's right. I am. So, well, honestly, we'll, I wouldn't be. I also wouldn't be mad if the Rams won because I, I think Matt Stafford deserves it as, as as well as he's played through his career, but just never been in an right. organization that allowed them like that enabled him to get to where yep. that, that is. Right. I can respect that part for him. However, I hope he loses. Oh yeah. No. Right. Like, <laughs> hey, like I said, I'm, I'm not, not a fan of either one. So I really don't care about <laughs> yeah. the Bengals because like they haven't been to the Our city has struggled for like, years. And years. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's yeah, been a challenge. Right? Everyone's always like, every year I've yeah. someone saying, just come on, just, just why you even cheer for them anymore? Like, I right? don't know, I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm optimistic yeah. this is always our year. So. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, dude, it was, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Like, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, for everybody listening, I'll get all the information from Danny uh, for SITREP and, and anything else that we talked about. I'll make sure that they're in the show notes. Um, I'll get his uh, LinkedIn information also out there as well. Put that in the show notes. Um, so, There'll be some contact information out there. So if there's anything else, man, it has been a bit of an honor. Awesome. I appreciate it, John. Thanks. Yeah, dude. I'll talk to you later. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another episode of the bunkhouse. I put all of Danny's information in the closing section of the show notes, along with the sit rep foundation, all that information. If you could just go ahead and check it out. Follow it, share it, support them. It's always good to get in there and support those kinds of foundations. Help out fellow veterans, the ones who need it the most. And again, as always, be the light in someone's dark.